guys have a good week? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I wrapped on reactions. So that was nice. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It was good to finish the, the Schlafly series. Now I have a ton of bonus content to produce, but, you know, that, that'll be fun. Hell yeah. Um, it was I nice can't to wait get to, uh, to to listen to the, the it's final. It's long. It's 45 minutes. Fuck yeah. The last episode. I can't wait. Um, yeah, I, I uh, um, just bummed out all of my students with uh, the article that we're going to talk about with climate change. Oh, God. I did that in my classes. Why would you do something like that? I mean, like, cruel. They, they ask for it. Whoa, that's, that's <laughs> problematic. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, like, you know, they're... They're concerned about sustainability and stuff. And I, I frankly don't like to sugarcoat it. You know, like this is fine line between not wanting to discourage them from doing anything, but also not giving them false hope that like they, they could just like get some sort of like, like oh, they just need to like buy an electric car or something. Yeah. 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 Maybe we should just jump into this first article. Wait, wait, it's, wait. Hold on. Oh, okay. Oh, no. I want to talk about my week. Yeah. 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 What's your, what's your week, week like? Yeah, I played two shows. And nice, they were fucking Hell yeah. awesome. So That's I just wanted awesome. to thank everybody who made it out to the Zombie Giuliani shows. We played one on uh, in Saratoga on Monday at Desperate Annie's, which was fucking awesome. Cool. And then we played another fucking awesome show um, uh, last night at uh, No Fun in Troy. Um, uh, you know, shout out to uh, the band Battleaxe. Um, a member of uh, the band was uh, feeling ill. So they reached out, you know, like a day before the show and was like, hey, could you take our spot? And we uh, rocked the house and met a lot of really rad teenagers. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. It was fucking sweet. Like, Very good. A whole bunch of, uh, like, everybody that stayed till, like, the end of our set was, like, under 20. <laughs> and they... Uh, That's I, how you know you're making good punk rock. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I guess. Yeah. And uh, I found out that one of them uh, formed a band um, that day called Wicked Bitch of the West. And that is such a good name. Yeah, perfect. And perfect like, you know, name. it's just a bunch of like teenagers making punk music. And I'm like, you know what? The kids, they're all right. So that's my Some little them, bit yeah. of optimism. Some of them are not all right. Check out our bonus <laughs> episode we just recorded on Generation Identity at patreon.com slash ironweeds. But yeah, no, that, that, that is very cool that, that like kids still make punk music oh yeah yeah like that i i you would it's think it doesn't have to sound good so if you're not good right. at music <laughs> <laughs> oh, i guess I, I was thinking that like the early aughts like pop punk scene would have like i don't i don't know made it seem like you couldn't do that i don't know it always seems like when once you like so completely uh um commodify a sub culture mm -hmm. like it, it does some sort of like irreparable damage to it now nah, punk well, will never die yeah punk's never gonna die yeah it's like hip-hop really, it's cool. around forever yeah. um you know uh it, it, i hear rage is going back on tour no shit and wow. i would really love to see rage i feel like I rage I'd was be too like, afraid to go to a rage show these days yeah rage was, bones. was like <laughs> 20 30 years like too early like, which right. is to say yeah. that everything that they were talking about back then applies now even more. And the, um, you know, just the, the fucking um, passion uh, is, like, missing from a lot of uh, modern music. That, that I was, agree. Yeah, it's, so. Well, it's become all, I think, much more, like, interpersonal in some ways. Like, uh, music, I don't know. I, uh, I'm no one to, co to comment on musical trends. But, like, it does feel like passionate music now is more about, like, individual feelings and experiences yeah, like and it indie. is about like social problems yeah uh, but what's funny about rage is like i was when i was in high school i was super into rage against the machine yeah but like i was not a political 
you, I was not like a, well, it certainly wasn't a red diaper baby. And I was yeah. not a particularly politically engaged person. And I didn't know anybody who was either. The extent of my, po- my politics was like April 26, 1992 by Sublime and like Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and like that was it. Hell yeah. Um, well, you know, that's, that's, that's a rich, fertile ground yeah. to, I, I to sprout so, up yeah. from. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good, uh, good foundation. Yeah. And, and if you <laughs> live in the capital region and you haven't been like watching, the explosion of the local like punk and indie and like basically a lot of genres uh, music scene in the last like year or two, you're really missing out on a huge renaissance. Like mm. the amount of bands that are playing that fucking rip in this area is like insane. Like there was a, uh, I think it was either Nipper Town or like the alt or whatever, like the free mag in the area that did like a bracket style, like tourney f- for best local band. Oh yeah. And they I had like, Nipper yeah, 10, yeah, they had like a hundred something bands. We didn't even make the, the cut. And like, I had, I hadn't heard of like half of them. There's just so many we bands. We saw poor dead area. Molly years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were great. They were, and they were really good. We saw them we on, saw that, on a river that terrible booze cruise that we went on with, <laughs> with your parents. parents yeah. Oh God, it was awful, but they were really good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not super plugged into the local music scene cause yeah. I just don't, I don't really go to shows. It's well, too loud. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm an old person. It is too loud. And I've been told that, uh, like at the Desperate Annie show that we played, um, there was like this Brit who I hit it off with just talking before the, um, the, the show. And, uh, at the end he was like super into our band, but he's like, dude, like you really fucked my tent tonight up like it's too loud it's too loud and so now every time we play a show i'm bringing like enough in-ear earplugs for everyone in the band to like to keep like for free or everyone in the audience like i'm just giving them out and like so i feel like if i have to wear why can't you just turn it down why uh, do i have to wear earplugs acoustic drums that's like the real limiting thing it's like the acoustic drums are just so loud like cymbal crash is like extremely fucking loud and um you know so you have to have everything sort of come up to the acoustic drum level and mm. otherwise, you know, you can't really hear it. And, it, you know, it's it's loud, thrash, aggressive, like, music. So, it you know, it feels good for it to be really loud. But I never play, like, either practice or perform without earplugs. Like, I always wear earplugs because, like, I value my hearing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, come to the Zombie Giuliani show. Get some free earplugs. And, uh, yeah, one more shout out to the Super Dark Collective that's been running a fuck ton of awesome shows. Every single one we've been in has been amazing. All the bands have been amazing. Uh, and they've been operating at a rare form, no fun, and uh, Desperate Annies in Saratoga. It's been Very cool. Mm, real sweet. So come on out. I like the idea of someone going to a bunch of shows just to get free earplugs. <laughs> yeah. like, earplugs don't stay in my ears. Yeah, I have no, very, very tiny, yeah, like I have the ears well of a toddler and yeah. earplugs just don't, they don't stay in. Another first, somebody asked for our set list, which is also oh. an interesting thing to try to collect. If you like stick around local shows and you just like ask for their set list at the end. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, we gave ours up um, and then we promptly forgot the order of the songs that we <laughs> ought to play in for the next show. <laughs> so we played a different one, but yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. I wonder, I wonder if uh, iPads fuck that up. Like certain bands like probably put it on an iPad. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Honestly, okay. I did it on my phone and I felt yeah. like a fucking dork. Yeah. Like I was like having to like wake my phone up. Yeah. Like every so often a couple shows back. And yeah, no, the best thing is piece of shitty paper, right, like Sharpie marker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe like a couple beer stains. Yeah. You know? Make it authentic. Yeah. So that somebody you can, can, you can it turn it into an NFT. <laughs> Yo, I'm down with NFTs. Yeah, you know me. Noses, feet, 
and teeths. Noses, feetsies, and teefies. Yeah, for little kitties. Did I show you that? I showed you that picture. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. maybe you did. Yeah, I'm into NFTs. (laughs) It was like a kitten. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (sighs) So, (laughs) this has all been very fun. Yeah. Should we talk about the bad things now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's just wade into the rising waters. Yeah, so this is, uh, so just imagine us all like dancing earplugs in as the, yeah, the, the, the planet slowly burns let's go extinct (laughs) yeah um last week the um the uh the the intergovernmental panel on climate change uh which you could also probably call like the intimate insane clown pot (laughs) no no i there there was a, a moment where um someone accidentally called the ipcc the the ICP. <laughs> I I I, th- I don't know if it was in my class or somewhere else, but I I don't I don't think I called them out on it when it happened, but it was pretty funny. Uh, also, we should probably put the uh, IPC in uh, the IPC in, in charge will go Joker mode. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah. like they have no I hope other so. choice. We we need somebody needs to save us. Right. Yeah, we should put insane clown posse on like on this instead. Yeah. They probably <laughs> convince more people. Yeah. Um. So the. Uh, the, 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 this is a write up in the New York Times that I'm just going to look at, but you can go like straight to the horse's mouth at the IPCC website and they have like a ton of documents that just sort of like go over in detail everything that they're coming up with. But this New York Times headline is uh, just something else. Stopping climate change is doable, but time is short. <laughs> UN pa- panel warns. That is a very rosy. Yeah description of what this article actually reports yeah but also like doable like i like need to doable i don't i fine um <laughs> yeah uh you could totally fuck climate change that's what they're saying yeah, it's right like death it's like an eight eight out of ten you know yeah, it's like yeah. definitely doable yeah uh so the report uh by the ipcc um warns that unless countries drastically accelerate efforts over the next few years to slash their emissions from coal, oil, and natural gas, the goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius or 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit will likely be out of reach by the end of this decade. Woof. Yeah. So, um, you know, we only have a couple years uh, to limit uh, uh, warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius by, I think it's 2050. Right, and the idea there is that this is largely believed to be the, um, uh, like the 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 worst it can get before, uh, like it, like it's basically incompatible with human life on the planet as we know it. Um, and uh, what what we essentially need to do is have like the most global war the the most greenhouse gases in the earth by twenty twenty five. We have to have peaked by 2025 and then start going Which down. Which is, uh, like... That's three years, less than three years away. I, you know, I, it, I, uh, I've said this on the show before and I like, I hate, I hate it, but like climate change is the one topic that makes me very much, I want to throw up my hands and like say, I give up, I'm just going to live a good life as best I can yeah. until, and I know that like that's, I know that that's very bad. You don't have to write in and tell me that it's terrible <laughs> that I feel that way. I know that it is. Um, and there are like a lot of, I have seen, especially in the last year, maybe a lot of leftists say like this doomerism around climate has to end. Like it's, 
very toxic. It's very like, like we can't just throw up our hands. There is still so much we can do. Mm. But then I read this shit and I don't think that I agree with them. Well, (laughs) see, I take it in a little bit different of a direction, um, which is to say, like, I think climate change is the thing above all else that ought to force our hand into accelerating toward a global eco-socialist revolution at all costs because like it is the thing that is literally a ticking time bomb and we can hypothetically diffuse it and therefore we must and it's the thing that for me stresses me the fuck out that i'm not doing that thing that I'm well, not actively is, like moving toward a global revolution. We, to and the problem is, capitalism. we quite literally can't talk about any of our modes of of uh, action on this podcast. Of course not. No. <laughs> and also, in, which makes it difficult to produce it, a podcast. Yeah, and, 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 this topic. yeah. And also, just like I'm chicken shit. I'll just admit it. Like I don't want to go to jail. Like I don't want to fucking you know be a martyr for like uh you know like a doomed a, cause. Yeah, a potentially doomed cause. Right. I so I think the whole like doomerism. You can't really talk about how extreme the problem really is because it might demotivate people, right? But at the same time, you do need to talk about how extreme the problem actually is because the percentage of people who might actually be ready to risk something need to know that it's actually critical to do so. And so, yeah. like, that's sort it's a of, hell of a cost benefit analysis to expect people to do on yeah. mass. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people have said, you know, um, that you can judge a movement by what it asks of its participants, right? Like, whether it's, like, real or Mm -hmm. or bullshit. And I think a lot of people accurately look at something like Extinction Rebellion and be like, that's that's fake shit. It's like AstroTurf. It's probably by the CIA. It's like, it's not not real because it's not asking people to do anything that's, like, actually risky like i went and got arrested with my buddy who was you know participating in this action with uh, extinction rebellion and like i got a slap in the wrist and like i spent a lot of time in jail like having really intense interpersonal heart-to-heart conversations with like boomers that are have the existential dread of like what their lifestyle and and just uh, my lifestyle and just generally all of us. Right. And that was meaningful in a way that I wasn't expecting ahead of time. Um, But outside of that, like, you know, like that's extension rebellion isn't going to do fucking anything. Like, you know, at least given its current trajectory. And I think that like, well, it's not like there's some other organization that is though. I mean, no, but this is the thing is like, it's going to happen eventually. And like, there's going to be eco terror. Like, it's just going to happen. Like, people are going to continue to do things. Like, the Earth Liberation Front is going to, like, swing, and stuff's going to get bad, and people are going to shut down flows, and it's going to disrupt mostly working-class people's lives. Because it's very, very, very difficult, outside of redacted, (laughs) to uh, directly impact the ruling class uh, exclusively. Yeah. Right? And, um, And so, like... When that kind of thing happens, it's going to change this whole dynamic of politics. Like, some people are going to defend it. You know, I, I don't know. It... Holding warming to just 1.5 degrees Celsius would require nations to collectively reduce their planet warming emissions roughly 43% by 2030 and to stop adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere altogether by the early 2050s. By contrast, current policies by governments are only expected to reduce emissions by a few percentage points this decade. And last year was the high, last year was the 
most, most carbon we've yeah, pumped yeah, into the atmosphere ever. in history. Yeah. Well, and we, we're, we're literally doing the opposite yeah. of what we have to do. Well, we need to peak by uh, two year, two and a half years from now, right? Yeah. 20, uh, 25. Well, I peaked in college, yeah. so you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm already ahead of the curve. And, um, okay, so uh, here's, here's some, some, some gl- glimmers of optimism, as, as the article ca- calls them. Over the past decade, many nations have adopted more ambitious climate policies, scaled back plants for new coal plants, and expanded their use of renewable energy. Um, uh, the rate of growth of, of fossil fuel emissions slowed in the 2010s compared with the 2000s. So if you look at the graph, uh, like it's going up in the 2000s, but, yeah. and then it starts to plateau a little bit in the 2010s, but not enough. Since 2010, the cost of solar panels and lithium-ion batteries for electric vehicles have plunged 85%, while the cost of wind turbines has fallen by more than half. And over the next decade, governments and companies would need to invest three to six times the roughly $600 billion they currently spend annually on encouraging clean energy and cutting emissions, the report found. So we're doing a, we're, we're doing a lot and it's not enough. Like there's just a ton of shit that we need to do that yeah. is just not not happening. And we've talked about in our episode, same car, same house, yeah. um, about the full electrification model. And the practical limitations of whether that's actually a viable thing, um, and as well as like the scale at which it would need to be accelerated from where we're at to where we would need to be, and like it's not good, folks. Yeah, like we're talking about something like ten times as much rare earth mineral mining. It's like required so much. Like, yeah, the the um, uh, I uh, I also put in the in the show notes this Boston Globe article that I think is like a nice example of the problem that we find in. And like, there's like this, this problem that's like with our media and our government that I is obviously not an accident, which is that, you know, you, you, there's like a claim that we're going to do this big, like historic push in the, in the, in a green direction. And then it just like, gets like, nickeled and dimed away and then it never happens or it happens at a a much lower scale so like for example from the boston globe massachusetts needs at least seven hundred and fifty thousand electric vehicles on the road by 2030 and we are nowhere close and that's from back in 2014 state officials calculated the number of gas burning cars they would need to get off the roads and replace with cleaner greener options Uh, by 2020 they said electric cars in the state needed to total more than a hundred and 69,000. Nice. Uh, by 2025, that number had to rise to 300,000. As of last month, they have 51,000. Oof. Uh, and only... They're getting there. They're and, getting there. and only 31,000 of those were fully electric. The remainder were hybrids. But at least electric cars are a thing. Yeah. Airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, no. Batteries we need to get planes, baby. We need I to mean, just get rid of airplanes. We, There's just no way no that airplanes, airplanes make sense. It just no we need high speed rail. Like, yeah. There's not. It's not feasible to both combat climate change and have airplanes. Period. You it know is. what we need to do? We need to do genetic modification of large golden eagles to make <laughs> the eagles that they have in Middle Earth. Yeah. And right. so you know, you individual, 
Yeah. And then what? You just, yes, we're going to have to like switch over massive amounts of forest land to feed the eagles. Like, yeah, we're going to have to like grow a lot of bird seed. I know. <laughs> I know. And what are you going to do with the, the eagle poop? Like, yeah. you know. We're going to have to start breeding small rodents. Yeah. And In- how are we going to feed all those rodents? Well, you need big rodents for the big eagles so yeah you, you need to feed them like deer so we're gonna need yeah okay yeah so we're gonna feed okay and train them to not eat people because <laughs> we would that's gonna be a challenge well, we would be they all, will if be we can neuro- ride them they can eat them. they will be neuralinked th- okay th- thank you um uh, mr uh, elon yes, yes. yes thank you thank you daddy musk yeah and once they they stop picking out their feathers to the point where they can't fly like we're <laughs> we're ready Christ. to go fuck <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, there's uh, now I'm kind of going off memory from some of the headlines from uh, from the actual report are are, are stuff like um, most uh, um, most greenhouse gases are coming from cities, which is both a good and bad thing, right? So, like, if it, because so much greenhouse gases are come from cities, that means that the solution is also probably in cities, right? Uh, and you can do more you can affect more people quicker because everyone is so cl- literally Everyone's so close together place, yeah. yeah but uh but then at the same time you know that also means that you know cities are difficult to change especially old ones because there's just like so much shit like literally in the ground that you have to like pick up and move and yeah so like it's it's a yeah it's a well, doozy well, of a problem also agriculture and yeah, animal exactly. husbandry like those yeah. are huge sources of greenhouse gases yeah. we don't have like good ideas for how to fix yeah a lot of that and the further they are away from the city center the more like energy is needed just for transport yeah which, like yeah. represents the biggest carbon footprint of like say food yeah um so and, and some of the best most interesting graphs that i i've ever seen are the ones that track uh the rates of like how farming is has changed where mm-hmm. like most farming is actually moving to rich countries and away from poor ones and the average size of farms are just like shooting through the roof mm. right which basically tells you that yeah as cities concentrate people mm-hmm. our food production is also concentrated mm-hmm. it with fewer and fewer people doing the farming and a lot of it is mechanized and because and also he's like farming's really hard work and people don't actually want to do it so it's like yeah you you, you yeah you're right you have like this thing where Farms are also a huge source of methane, uh, and uh, not to mention all the nitrogen that you have to artificially fix, usually with some sort of fossil fuel, yeah. to then uh, artif- like create these artificial landscapes that food grows in, in way with monocrops, a way that is never really meant to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a enormous, enormous problem. Yeah. And in that, short, we'd have to have interventions in our agricultural practices yeah. that aren't just catering to the highest like profit maximization like motive we need to eat bugs (laughs) well we would if if we wanted to do say regenerative uh farming right like actually like taking uh carbon and putting it in the ground in stable form by way of like you know bringing back bison to like huge areas and like using the bison for like you know animal protein like you know rotating crops and like doing all this other stuff the way that we would hypothetically be able to do those types of interventive changes at scale would require changing like 
the supply, demand, profit, maximization, like way that we do literally everything. And this is why I do, I cannot help but be doomer is that if we just had to solve one of these problems, agriculture or cars mm-hmm. or sewage management mm-hmm. or airplanes or mm-hmm. any just one of these things. Yeah, with a technological fix, maybe. Yeah, or some kind of market innovation or something, then like, yeah, maybe I would feel like, okay, we have a shot. Yeah. But it's, but you can't just fix one of them. Like yeah. you literally have, we have to fix everything all carbon neutral by 2050 yeah you like that's like that just sounds like it sounds like a joke it sounds like you could just like you oh and we also have to all be made out of like gold by (laughs) next wednesday i don't know like it just sounds so absurd to me it it it, it, yeah i understand what you're saying and like this is where you know like i have to sort of defend my stance on like you know a sort of uh utopian anarcho-syndicalist, eco-socialist like program is like, but that's what you'd need to do to do all of the things. And therefore if, if, if it's to be possible at all, then that's it. And we'd have to figure out how to make that succeed. And like, if I'm wrong there, then like, I want to know, cause like, that seems like a tall fucking order. Like for real. I think it sounds more likely that capitalism solves this problem than that we get a global anarcho-syndicalist revolution in the next 20 years. But you just said this problem, it's actually like a myriad of intersecting, like yeah. complicating stacking problems, which I don't think capitalism is functionally capable of actually solving. So my I point just is... More, I just think it's more likely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're on a dying ember. Yeah. I don't know. I I hate to be I hate to be too pessimistic about it. I really do. And and you know, I, I understand if people think that it's a problem that I'm doing so publicly, but it, I really do like I I have a very difficult time feeling anything but completely uh, just throw up my hands and hope that we make it. Yeah. I think my the, the hope for me has to be, you know, as a scientist and engineer, like it has to be grounded in some type of analytical approach wherein like the causal factors that have gotten us here are fundamentally changed. And for me, that's being a wild eyed optimist that we're going to somehow unite as a human species. Like it's universal human emancipation or bust as far as I'm concerned. And I'm saying let's uh or let, let, let's do it. But Bustin feels good. Yeah. Well. As you always as you always remind us, Chris. Yeah, I guess and and slash or bust. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Bust as a species. <laughs> yeah. So I mean like that's it. That's that's the that's the that's story. The report. Is that yeah. like yeah, we're uh um we're really heading in a in a in a bad direction. And so here. what do we look at if we if 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 all of this comes to pass and we don't hit the marks and we don't we're looking at more extreme weather everywhere, yep. not just, you know, there's no part of the globe, as we've seen over the last two years with, you know, the wildfires and the heat wave in Canada. Yep. Um, if you think that because you live like we do in the Northeast, and so, you know, oh, if it warms up a little bit, then our winters won't be so, no, it's, the, this is catastrophic global pheno- weather phenomena across the globe everywhere. And especially it'll be the worst in the places that the uh, imperialist Western world has most fucked over already. Yeah. Yes. Um, And, you know, we just we just recorded a bonus episode on um, nativist movements in Europe and especially in France and um, generation the, identitarian, the, identita- the identitarian movement um, in Europe. That's very anti-Arab, very anti-Muslim. And. Like that migration crisis is 
obviously also going to get yeah. so much worse. Just so the now, tip of the iceberg. So yeah, so it's weather, but it's also like, like fascism. <laughs> like yeah, like climate fighting, change yeah. will lead to rising fascism. Yeah, it's either which, socialism which or barbarism. Which further complicates all of this. Yeah. Because um, now we don't just have to fight the planet, we have to fight fascists too. Yeah, once again, why we need to have a universal, <laughs> proletarian, eco-socialist revolution everywhere all at once today. What are you going to do with the fascists? Um, incorporate them. Give them, you know, not only a wall, four walls and a roof. Just, you know. Just... And then they can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Notice we did not say doors. No doors. No it's doors. Just... Some very nice windows that yep. they can look out. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to do this, like, really hard pivot to another story just to show, like, how, like how totally different planets this is like people are thinking on is there I, I found this story um in the uh in uh the new zealand press that's just uh about how parking kills businesses not bikes or buses and this is something that i've you Wait, know it doesn't kill bikes or buses or bikes or buses don't kill businesses bikes and buses do not kill bus okay. businesses right yeah because it, 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 you know this is something that you see in every case that you um uh have when you're doing any sort of urban planning um i i see this without fail every single time the craziest most unhinged disconnected from reality person at the meeting about the proposed development is a small business owner yeah their theories and this it, it says this somewhere in here I'll, I'll find it later but basically um uh business owners never know where the hell their customers come from if you want to know understand why small business owners always need help it's because they're fucking idiots <laughs> i used to work for this it's ideology <laughs> when i first moved to troy i did work with this um organization that was kind of like almost trying to like I don't know, like unionize small businesses. And by that, what I mean is like create a collective of small businesses that could advocate for um, like governmental policies that will help them. Yeah. Like a um, business improvement district. Yeah. Well, but, but like leftists yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the guy that I was working for uh, when I, when I was voicing some of my frustrations with these bits, like I couldn't get people to talk with me and all they wanted to know was like what they would get out of it. And for paying, you know, it was something that was, was like, it was like a hundred dollars a year to be a part of this collective. And what am I getting out of this? Blah, blah. And he was like, um, you know, doing this kind of work will, sh will tell you everything you know, need to know about why small businesses are small. And it's because they are in fucking competent. Like they don't know what their business actually needs. They don't know what kind of policies actually help them. They, it's just this very myopic like worldview. Yeah. So yeah. Here, here's an example. In a study of Parkdale Village in Toronto, a quarter of business owners estimated that over half of their customers drove to their businesses. You want to guess what the reality is? Uh, Way more than that. A quarter. Four percent. Wow. <laughs> the rest biked, 4%. walked, or took public transit. Really? Yeah. I mean, wow. you know, Toronto has a lot of transit yeah. and, and, and uh, pedestrian like uh, uh, infrastructure, right? But, yeah, but small business owners just have it in their head that people get in their car and come to their business. Because they also always um, believe that... Here, this is the next paragraph. This misconception 
often occurs because business owners overestimate how far people travel to shop in their stores. A study in Berlin found that shop owners believed only about 12% of customers lived within a one one kilometer of a shopping street, when more than 51% of customers lived within that walkable distance. Interesting. And, you know, even in Troy, um, which is a which is a fairly walkable city if you're talking about the downtown area, yeah. you might drive downtown. And then park. But if you're going yeah. on a Saturday afternoon, you drive downtown, you park somewhere, mm-hmm. wherever, mm-hmm. and then you walk to a couple of shops to get some lunch. Like, you know, you're not just like getting in your car and like, I have to park directly outside of this business. And then I'm going to get back in my car so that I can park directly in front of that business that's four blocks away it's not how even so like it's not just toronto or berlin it's like even smaller size cities like troy that is not how people use the city no no absolutely not and they um yeah it's i mean part of it is like the form like what a small business like demands that you pay attention to right is all the stuff in your building which then leads you to believe that like what okay so like what are what's my capacity for people to arrive by car and then get to my business, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 you're not incentivized or really even, like, uh, asked to consider <laughs> the fact that, like, you are part of a really a highly complex, like, sociobiological material entity called a city. Yeah. You know? And, and so, like, the, the, yeah, it's just, like, this constant reactionary uh, perspective on changing pretty much anything about a city. And... and um and, and, and to some degree, right, like, you can, the, I think the most sympathetic view I can put is that, like, you know, we, in the American context, but I think in a lot of contexts, right, there's, like, you're trying to start a business, you care, maybe you care deeply about it, or at the very least, a lot is riding on it, and you just, like, please don't change anything that I have to, like, figure out, because I'm putting out a dozen different fires, and, yeah. like, I just don't want you to, like, throw me another curveball. Please just keep everything the way it is, because I'm, it's hard enough as it is trying to figure out, like, how to make it work without anything changing. Yeah. Right? But the, uh, the, what it ends up being is, like, people saying that, like, you can't plant street trees in front of my store or no one will be able to see the sign of for my for my store and like no one will find me whoa 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 you plant fruit trees on the street why are they gonna buy my fruit (laughs) right Right. yeah or or you know or it's yeah it's it's a dozen different things like that where it's like really when you i always assign for my um urban design and public space course this uh this book by william white who's uh who's this very um uh, he's he came from like this like very wealthy like Connecticut family and just basically decided that he cared a lot about pedestrians and sociology and wrote a lot of really good books. He's an excellent writer and and a really good researcher actually. And would like in the seventies and eighties like just take super eight cameras and focus them on like little parts of like crosswalks and and public parks and things and just like have a, a an army of researchers like just study where people would go, how long they would have conversations, where they would stand. Like, and, and the re- so he's a pervert. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Actually, my, the first slide that I have is a picture of him with the camera on a roof looking he's down. Like, yes, and, yes. And, and, yeah. and, uh, and it says, like, do you trust this man? You know? <laughs> oh, that is so but, funny. But all of his findings are the exact opposite of what today is still, like, common conceptions of, like, how people act in public, where it's like, 
the most popular places to hang out in public are like a busy street corner where you stand in the way of everyone walking around you and like that I fucking hate when people do that everyone does <laughs> yeah and everyone does it universally across cultures and it's and the reason is actually fair when you is actually fairly straightforward it makes sense is that it provides the individual the most options for what they're doing in that moment you can engage in the conversation you can slowly back away from the conversation and just leave without any sort of like social uh, awkwardness, or you can just listen if, you, if well, you're can interested. Well, you at least in move it. over. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, no, and no, can you, you just can't. Move because, over? No, because that ruins. Because now it's a destination. Now you've all gone to the. I'm conversation. sorry. If you move a foot and a half to the right, <laughs> no, you, nothing has changed. No, it's, just it's do the it. Maximum... You fucking selfish, solipsistic assholes. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I bet. I bet you hate street performers. <laughs> no, street performers have the the decency to not stand in the middle of the sidewalk. Well, Do you know why? Because yeah. if they stood in the middle of the sidewalk, get, nobody would give them money, and said they would yell at them because they're annoying and in the way. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But what's what's fascinating is actually is, is having these really crowded um, sidewalks also generate traffic to stores. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, which is a what, good... like people see the 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 crowding and they're like, oh, what's going on over here? Well, yeah. and they just sort of naturally so, go to where it's already populated. So that does happen a lot. Okay, the people attract people. Yeah. Um, but the other thing Especially is that attractive people. Yeah, yeah right. attractive mm-hmm. people attract mm-hmm. people who are attract attractive. people <laughs> attract <laughs> attract people attract people. Yeah. Uh, but but also like you know there, he has a story of like this uh, um, store owner that has like this sign that he would keep moving like closer to the middle of the sidewalk because it forced people to walk around it and like look at what was in his shop window and he would get more people coming in to walk around the sign guy. yeah i would, like, I would probably was, deface his building yeah well he, he people got were like mad Which would probably would give like, him more business he, yeah, probably. yeah he probably. would get he would get fined it's, the bar- it's a streisand effect yeah, yeah yeah he would get like fined by the city for obstructing but he the was sidewalk, making money and he would make fist. more money yeah. than the fine, and would keep doing it. This one simple trick, yeah, yep. yeah. But um, uh, uh but basically, the, this this study that, that that they're writing up in this um article uh, uh shows that like just like all of these different benefits of like replacing on street parking with other uh like useful things like bus lanes bike lanes protected bike lanes yeah yeah uh just actually increases uh um traffic to those those stores more than anything else i like that you bring this up as a juxtaposition to the climate change article because it shows me how the extent to which we are just like rearranging chairs on the titanic yeah like small businesses are like no don't get rid of our parking spots and meanwhile it's like the planet is on fire and will like implode in 30 years and we're having to do battle with these fucking reactionary small business owners who don't understand that most people are in fact walking to their store yeah hmm you say that like if we are all going to die on the Titanic, where we sit isn't the most important thing left to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very uh, good point. And also, band, strike up that music. <laughs> <laughs> Maestro, play us out. Yeah. We might as well say, like, okay, well, let's just all move to Mars. Like, it's the same level of reasonableness to me. It is, yeah. Like, to me, me, like, saying, okay, well, I guess we just need, like, an anarcho-syndicalist, eco-socialist revolution, like, today. 
now and overthrow global capitalism, like you might as well ask me to turn into like a tiny little fairy who just go around <laughs> and like whisper in all the oil executives' ear and be like, no, don't do it. You should stop doing it. Yeah. And then that would fix the problem. In other fucked news. <laughs> uh, so it's finally happened. This was kind of inevitable, but a woman in Texas has been charged with murder for uh, self-induced abortion. Fucked. Yeah. The um, DA has said that they're not going to The DA to has pro- moved prosecute. to dismiss yeah. the, the charge. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is that there's no legislation in the state of Texas that makes it illegal for a person to terminate their own pregnancy. And the reason for that is because of a federal Supreme Court case that's called Roe versus Wade that says that you can't make that a law. Yeah, Texas and many states have laws about like if you were to hurt a pregnant person and the fetus died, you could be charged with murder. But the, but it's, but the it person carrying the fetus, yeah, explicitly, yeah, explicitly yeah, you cannot yeah. be charged with murder. Right. So, like, if, if, if you were, like, you know, if somebody, like, beat the shit out of their pregnant wife and mm-hmm. she had a miscarriage, like, mm-hmm. that would be murder. Um, but, you know, a, a person carrying a fetus, doing their, do, having an abortion is not murder. Um, so, it can't be murder. It's so, not legal. So why are the cops, like, empowering themselves to arrest this They're woman? just emboldened. I mean, yeah. they're just emboldened. So what happened was... Um, this woman, Lizelle Herrera, she's 26. She um, was arrested by the Star County Sheriff's Office. What Basically what happened is she performed an abortion on herself. It does not, the reporting doesn't say what she did, um, okay. but she ended up going to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And then staff at the hospital reported her to the police. This is what SB8, this is the uh, so-called Texas abortion ban that mm-hmm. made it legal for, that basically deputized Texans to sue abortion providers or anybody who abetted the uh, the performance of an abortion um, for like ten thousand dollars, and so it got so, it gets around Roe versus Wade by not actually outlawing abortion itself, but making it almost impossible for anybody to provide one. Yeah, and this this was you know through lawsuit, right? Like they someone would it would get, be like, through the civil courts. Yeah, it's not a criminal. Yeah, so the, like. I'm just blown away by this. Like a nurse got someone put in a cage for doing a abortion on, on themselves. It's the slow slide of fascism, right? Yeah. Like it emboldens people yeah. to say, well, if we've already done this, if we've already taken this measure yeah. to say, you know, like as a, as a state, as a people, whatever, that we think that this practice is criminal, we think this is wrong. Now it emboldens others. But isn't like the Hippocratic oath violated by that? You would do no harm. Yeah. Depends yeah. on whether or not you yeah. consider abortion harming a fetus or j- or jail yeah. for somebody who's already done it, right? But if you but if you're a, a medical provider and you believe that abortion is murder, then do no harm means getting that person who just murdered a fetus locked up. Sorry, my brain just broke. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm trying to like wrap my head around this hypothetical. I mean, not this hypothetical. This specific nurse, which is probably not named in the article. Um, I don't how, know. The, I, I just said medical provider. I don't know that it was a nurse. Sure, I don't know sorry. Who it was. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of just like a medical provider being like, you know, it's not harm putting like this person who just went through this traumatic event in a cage. That's not harm. That's that's, that's they're a murderer. If you consider them a murderer, and many people do. Like that's yeah, that's that's, that's the, the end correct of the story. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. like they're just going to do it again if, yeah. if you don't punish them. Yeah, you know? yeah. like yeah, that's so fucked. That's, 
Yeah, and, and, and every quote in this article of like a, a an activist or or a legal um, expert, all is all versions of the same thing, which is just like uh, this is the beginning of it. Like yep. this is the ominous portent that should like they're just going to keep shooting for different uh, um, criminal and civil suits that will just like continually erode uh, abortion rights and and rights of you know people who carry children in general is it, right because like the the idea is like this da is going to dismiss it but the next one might not right and you just like keep finding like a a, a you, you, you just keep throwing it at the courts and hopefully you find eventually you find the right people, district attorney and the right judge and yeah, the right jury yeah, that and are then, all sympathetic and uh, yeah. yeah and then you're off to the supreme court again which is well, which is how I, roe v wade happened right right yes, like there yeah. were there were activist you know lawyers etc which were like this has to there has to be a landmark case to make this shit like legal. Yeah. Like, um, and, and if the court is as legal observers have been saying for the last year, uh, on track to either weaken or overturn Roe versus Wade this summer in like June, I think when the court, yeah, that's what people have been saying. Um, you know, it like this shit won't even be necessary because as we know, Alec has spent the last like two decades, the American, American Legislative, Legislative and Exchange, Exchange Council. Council. They're the people has, who write all the corporate friendly um, laws that are passed by politicians, right? They like, write whatever laws they're paid to write. But yeah, yeah. They, my, my, my favorite one is an idea where uh, states and municipalities can collect uh like all the pre all the taxes that come out of your paycheck and can promise to give them directly back to your employer what yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. what yeah there's like 10 states in the country that that uh have that as like an optional inducement for for companies is like you know we collect you know fica and and also like we collect all that and we just give it back to the employer yeah yeah uh, uh, chicago was offering that to amazon when they were doing their headquarters search oh very cool but they have been for about 20 years now working on anti-abortion legislation it's all written and many states have it waiting in the wings i mean oklahoma just passed something mississippi passed something a few months ago um that are unconstitutional um but you know pass them anyway and then work it through the courts like yeah Yeah. why not and the the day that roe versus wade is overturned Mm -hmm. and the cynical part of me believes that that day is coming soon there will be a a dozen or more states in the union that instantly immediately pass extremely restrictive anti-abortion laws that Mm -hmm. may that may outlaw it altogether Mm. um and so this is just kind of like i feel like this is just that like Put t- pushing the limit, like what can we get away with until then? Maybe like testing the waters. So outside of like packing the court, uh, is there anything that can be done by like either activists or legislators or like, I mean, you know, like this just seems so fucked. And if the writing on the wall is this clear, it's like, I mean, we can start raising money to put these people on airplanes or trains. Trains yeah. would be better. Electric yeah. scooters. Right. Electric scooters. <laughs> Zeppelins. <laughs> so, a- any sort of green, sustainable transportation. Get Horse these and buggy. <laughs> we, we said uh, uh, weeks ago that, uh, you know, like New York, like Governor Hochul should like uh, set, yeah. like earmark funds to just like for like abortion migrants, like anybody who needs to leave a state where abortion is restrictive to come to New York and get an yeah, abortion. Yeah, while you're at it, climate yeah. migrants too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, New York state, state's not going to be safe for climate migrants. 
unlike abortion migrants. This is this is so fucked. Like the this isn't even popular. Like this like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like a majority of Americans believe in uh legal abortion. Yes. Yeah. A vast majority. I think it's it's pretty it's a vast majority? strong. Majority, I thought. I think I remember like most polling is like, oh yeah, definitely get an abortion. Yeah, or at least like don't make it go underground. Yeah, right. You know, like, yeah, because there's a ton of people that just like understand correctly that if uh if it becomes illegal, then just people are going to do it anyway in less safe environments, except for the rich who will always get whatever they need and want. Yeah. Uh yeah. Oh god. That's, that's so grim. Yeah, it's absolutely fucked. Including like these fucking um, you know, politicians that are pushing this. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't even know how many stories I've heard about like knocked up mistresses being forced to have abortions right. by people who were like you know were doing everything they could to outlaw it like in their jurisdiction yeah and, and yeah I, I can't imagine you know i'm not gonna put a number to it but like how many politicians are just like you know like why why is alex supporting it maybe not because uh um, a company will directly profit from although their companies having abortion. Will, although they, they're, you know, they're, they're, yeah, check out our bonus episode on um, the the baby industry. Yeah, but, but I'm yeah. also I'm also just thinking of like all like all those fucking nonprofit uh, uh, churches, all those churches yeah, that don't pay taxes. Yeah. yeah, that like have that this, raise millions of dollars in tithes and yeah, yeah, talking about abortion, and then they also give money to uh, like the the politicians who then the, who then support the church yeah, and do pay all this, Alec directly. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like this like virtue this like cycle that they virtuous in virtuous cycle. Yeah, so it's people are making money off of it if just to rile people up to be against abortion like that alone is profitable so as of may 2021 according to gallup only 19 percent of americans thought that abortion should be illegal in all circumstances 19. so 81 percent of the population is going to see the violence that these like small handful of like politicians are going to wreak on a massive amount of women well that's and, the problem is that that 19 percent uh-huh. votes in every fucking election yeah and the uh, 48% who believe that it should be legal only under certain circumstances probably doesn't ever vote. And then the 32% that believe it should be legal under any circumstances probably also votes a lot. Yeah. Like when you're talking about it, when you're living in a representative democracy and who you put in the state Senate matters with regards to what kind of medical care people can access, mm-hmm. the people who pick those people are the people who vote. And they are the fringes. They're the people who feel very strongly about things. Yeah, yeah. We, so, we, we do, and I, I make this problem, this mistake a lot, is, like, we really do need to separate out the idea that, like, popular things get reflected in American government, yes, yes, right? We like, do. we don't live in a democracy that, True. like, reflects the needs and desires of, of people. Marijuana like, prohibition yes, is 91% yeah. approval to right. end yep. it. Med- Medicare for all, also extremely popular. Yes, Like, tons yes. of stuff, Well, really leftists popular. overstate how popular it actually is. It's not. It's actually it's 100%. Not- Yes. There's not anyone. <laughs> every single every American, single wants, American it. <laughs> uh, wants this. No, it and, has about forty percent national support. Left uh, is often way overstate how much well, it's, Medicare it, for all. Honestly, has support. It, it, it depends on how you ask exactly. the question and like who you're polling and all of that specific stuff. Or um, if you just did it, everyone would love it. You'd never be able to get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which which is uh, true for a hundred percent of people. Yeah. Um, yes, you heard it here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, what do you think? Th- are the chances of this having like a, a big boomerang like backlash effect? I mean, you were talking about a wildly unpopular, literal like in, inducement of violence on a mass scale uh, through deprivation and penalization 
to people seeking what 81% of the country sees as primarily healthcare. But this healthcare. isn't a national issue. This is a state issue. Yeah. Okay. That's why Roe versus Wade is so important. Yeah. Is because it is a federal check on the ability of states to disenfranchise half the population of their state. Yeah. But it, in Texas, I don't know exactly what the percentage support for abortion is in Texas, but I bet it's a lot fucking lower than 81%. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to get Democrats to get the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And then, <laughs> they're f- very quickly, we'll act on this key issue. David, they don't have a supermajority in the Senate, so they oh, can't oh, do sorry, that. Oh, sorry, Kristen Cinema uh, has entered the chat, uh, <laughs> as well as like the 17, 18 other people who... Uh, just uh, believe the exact same things, but uh, thumbs are, are, down. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like <laughs> waiting in the wings uh, to to do her job. Uh, should she fail to do it? Um, yeah, no, shit's fucked. But yep. at the same time, could this be something that like would affect you know midterms? I mean, if we're talking June, that's right in time for this to have a potential deleterious effect to the extreme right wing. Yeah, but it's also no. One of the, no because everybody's one of entrenched things. on this yeah. issue. Yeah. Nobody is, and I and I'm showing. I'm looking at this Gallup poll. Yeah. Nobody has changed their mind about this issue in like 20 years. The but numbers the, are yeah. almost completely stagnant since the 70s. You know what else? Everybody hasn't, has felt the same way about this. Yeah, you know what else hasn't changed in 20 years is the Supreme Court's ruling on it. So I'm just saying, just saying, true. that like there could be a backlash. I would see, think that it would make sense because like marijuana prohibition is like you know obviously really important there's obviously a lot of people who are languishing in cages for no fucking good reason at all according to 91 percent of the population in the u.s but like you know abortion is one of those things that i don't know i just i think that it's a non-issue for the voting population because it's a settled issue at least for most of them and if it suddenly is unsettled or upturned i could imagine that having a a big impact. I mean, I, 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 these things are impossible to like chart or yeah. predict really as we've learned, but I, I think that probably Joe Biden's win, you know, can be credited at least in part to people's fears about the courts. But I mean, the fact is like the, 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 the Supreme court is like necrotic. Like it's oh just God. not, a, it's not an American institution that actually w- works for the people at all anymore. Yeah, so, so, you fucked. know, I mean, midterm, like, do people tie midterm elections to the Supreme Court? I don't yeah. really know. I don't really know if I buy that. Did you guys see what Marjorie Taylor Greene said this week? It was no. fucking unhinged. Uh, wow, that's she was, so unlikely. Yeah, I know. Usually she's <laughs> she, so she, she's so level headed. Well, you know, like I, I don't watch late night, but like, you know, occasionally stuff will come across like my Google news feed or whatever. Um and this one was a a a, a, a basically like fight online between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jimmy Kimmel. Everyone so, wins. That's that's weird. Yeah, that is, Jimmy that's Kimmel, fucking. That's a cursed sentence. Yeah, yeah. Dude. but yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, like I listen, I listened to his like little stand up intro, outro, or whatever to his show uh, where he, he addressed it. It was pretty funny. I, I laughed. Uh, but basically, Marjorie Taylor Greene um, said that Susan Collins and I forget the other Republican that um, uh, voted to um, you know accept the nomination of uh, Justice Jackson to the Supreme Court, uh, which happened. So we have the first female uh, and black um, uh, first black woman on the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah, first black woman on the Supreme Court. Also, all the also rest are males the- and. You know, sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no males but, and one no no because there's a bunch of women on the yeah yeah, yeah 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 no but she's, <laughs> she is she is the very first uh, public defender, she, which is very cool. That yes. that is yeah. that's really cool. That is really cool. And yeah. so she basically said like these Republicans that supported Justice Jackson are pro pedo, and in a tweet, and which is I mean like 
if you haven't followed this at all, it's basically that like this judge gave a normal, reasonable sentence to somebody who's gave like the standard yeah. sentence to somebody who was uh, convicted of having child, child pornography. pornography. Yeah, um, and it was what two years or something like yeah. that. I don't remember what yeah. it was. You can't just like throw somebody in a hole and bury them because they watched a video that's not legal. But- like, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's you. It's not. That's not how. The system works. And yeah, they lost their shit over that. Yeah, people went out to buy tickets. Really fucking weird. Uh, and uh, so Jimmy Kimmel made a, uh, a, a, a joke about how, um, uh, where's Will Smith when you need him? And Marjorie Taylor Greene, I shit you not, called the cops on Jimmy Kimmel. And... <laughs> And, and, and added, uh, like, and sent a letter to the FBI That's about funny. how Jimmy Kimmel is making uh, threats of violence uh, and, like, weaponizing his fan Just base. Just tell her, bitch, it's an open-handed slap. It's not a big deal. You yeah. can take one. This is the woman She's who- got the jawline of a, of a bitch who can take an open-handed slap. <laughs> this is the woman who, on multiple campaign <laughs> ads- <gasps> Calling them yeah, Democrats. Like, used the uh, her, like, behind a sniper scope with, like, AOC and the squad and yeah. then, like, socialism. She's, like, somebody who who, who is constantly uh, trying to, uh, like, weaponize her fan base as, like, rabid fascists to do actual violence on people. Whereas this is just, like, a, a dumb joke that like you know it was a totally really low effort joke about <laughs> very low effort <laughs> yeah. joke but you know the thing that i thought was funny that jimmy said was uh yeah uh basically march taylor green is uh the republican republicans uh, keep around to make themselves look normal <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i think is pretty funny and wait, well, wait, and, but that, that is also the ratchet right is that like yes. that they yeah. Yes. That, like she, she, she will eventually become normal herself. If yes, things she go will. Yeah. She will yeah. rule over us for a thousand year uh, Reich. Yeah, uh, I look yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Will Smith banned from the Academy for ten years. Damn, I think that's ridiculous. It, there were only five fingers in that slap. Yeah, five years. Yeah, two, two, five years. Two years at most. Two at years most. per finger. <laughs> no, it's a, again. It is a scab award show for the only real people's award show the sag awards the sag sag yeah yeah hell yeah that's screen no, actors no, guild yeah no scabs only sag hey, is that right that sounds that sounds yeah there cool. you go put that yeah, on maybe. a t-shirt yeah, no, that yeah. sounds great <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so yeah so that's dark but yeah. um mtg is karen I mean, you know, I I do at least want to say like there for every state that is prepared to completely ban all abortion, there are as many states that already have laws on the books that protect it as a right. Mm. So, you know, at least for those of us who live in, you know, blue states, uh, New York, Massachusetts, California, I think Washington, there's a bunch of states that already do have laws that say like that guarantee this as a right to people. So, um, so at least there's that. Okay, so here's here's our, our wildflower for the week. Keeping with the theme of, of labor wins. Labor wins. Hell yeah. Uh, because, you know, of all, all the terrible things that are going on, there have been several really amazing uh, wins um, uh, in, in, the, in the labor space. Uh, two off the top of my head that are not the wildflower that I picked is that Ithaca, all three of their Starbucks locations voted, like, uh, overwhelmingly to unionize. Hell yeah. Ithaca uh, only has three Starbucks? Uh, or at least the three that were up for unionizing. Okay. But, well, I think, cool. but I think it was like the last three. Like Ithaca, every, I think it, every Starbucks in Ithaca 
New York is wow. is now unionized. Um, uh, and, and in those last three um, votes, there was only one person who voted no in each one. Wow. And I like to imagine it's the same person. Could be, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but, um, and then the, the second one was that Fordham University grad students in the city uh, uh, overwhelmingly, again, voted to unionize, like 299 to to like 14 or something. Wow. Really good. Uh, but here, uh, from the Huffington Post, airport workers rally for better pay working conditions nationwide. Now, these are like um, all of the people that like push uh, uh, push people in wheelchairs to the jetway or uh, clean up the cabins after the, the plane, uh, after everyone deplanes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And stuff like that. Uh, you know, the, it, I thought the flight attendants did that. Uh, it, a lot of, uh, I, yeah, that's what this said. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like they like clean the cockpit. Maybe they, maybe they don't do that. I don't know. It, it's just, it's like a lot of the, the custodial, custodial staff, yeah. of, of, of airports are not, um, uh, they're not employees of the airport or the airlines. They are a third party contractor. Of course. Like Sodexo yeah. or something. Yeah, right. And um, some of them are about uh, are unionized. 30,000 of them are represented by uh, Service uh, Employees International Union, SEIU. Uh, different locals of SEIU. Um, but a lot of them aren't. And uh, they uh, took to uh, the streets uh, all across the country. Uh, 20 cities. Um, Dallas, Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, I think are some of the biggest ones. Um, uh, looking to uh, mostly target American and United Airlines to say, like you know, you, like you need a li- you need to create a living wage. You need to get a um, uh, uh, schedules worked out. There's this one guy. Um, uh, his last name is uh, uh, oh, it was a uh, um, Omer Hussein. Says um, he uh, he doesn't have a union, and he would uh, often um, sleep at the airport overnight. Because he clocked out so late, three to four a.m., that it actually just didn't make sense to go home. Oh my god! Mm. Like, like he 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 would be late for work if he went home. Fucking so he just Jesus sleeps Christ. in the airport, which are not comfortable places to sleep. No, in if no. you've ever been yeah. on a you know canceled flight, yeah. An SEIU analysis of census data found that across the air transportation industry, including pilots, flight attendants, and and contracted airport workers like cabin cleaners, workers of color made 23 and 41% less than white workers overall. Jesus. Uh, Black and Latino workers uh, faced the biggest wage disparities. Fucking A. surprise there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, this is... um, uh, and it's a massive industry, right? Like we we don't have trains, so we f- we fucking fly everywhere, belching out like uh, uh, you know jet fuel into the air and uh, all the time. And it, and it requires a massive amount of people uh, yeah. to operate the the shitty malls that we uh, lock people into while they wait for their dumb airplane. Yeah, yeah. And, and while I still believe that all of these airport workers should be caring for the soon to be made GMO Eagles that we're we'll all take as air transit <laughs> mm-hmm. um, until that day. I stand with them. Yeah. Yeah. And their struggle. Yeah. They are going to have such big Eagle shits to have to clean yeah. off of the runways. You know what? I'll, I'll stand with them after that day as well. Good. You're, I hope so. You're right. Yeah. You're right. All the Eagle shit shovelers. Yeah. You, you got to form a union. Yeah. All right. Eagle shit shovelers unite. You have nothing to lose, but. Your, your Boop. shit hands. Boop. Your shit. 
<laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Iron Ways. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, wrapped on reaction this week. So if you uh, have been waiting till the whole series was out to listen, then now the entire series on Phyllis Schlafly is out. Uh, Act now. Yeah, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We just recorded a really good, we just recorded a very good bonus episode on generation identity and youth uh, right-wing movements in France and in Europe um, and what role that may play in the next presidential election. So check that out for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash ironweeds. And in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. Ironweedspod. You can find us on Instagram. Ironweedspod. And you can send us an email. Why don't you? At ironweedspod. At gmail.com. Uh, someone brought a Whitney Houston record. Oh, it's true. They did, yeah. 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 And uh, we're going to play you out with Zombie Giuliani. Let's go extinct. Woo! Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.